Hello, hello, new and existing Filipino MomCast listeners. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Lynn Tagonki, one of your co-hosts here on the Filipino MomCast. If you're joining us for the first time, the Filipino MomCast is our small space in the podcast world that bravely opens up conversations around Filipino culture and generational narratives. Your hosts of the show, Marianne, Rowan, and myself, are three moms living here in America in three different states with completely different upbringings and experiences. And we've come together to share unapologetically our experiences of how we are deconstructing and navigating this challenging journey called life. From parenting to everything in and around what you talk about with a group of close friends, we talk about it here on the show to help other Filipinos and Filipino moms just like us. In this episode, we were honored with the privilege to talk intro to motherhood with our fellow Panay co-host of the Filipino American Woman Project, author of the blog Notes by Nani, and first time expecting boy mom out of the Bay Area of California, Nani Dominguez. In a two-part episode, Nani opens up about the feelings and questions that are surfacing as she nears the birth of her son. Sharing our stories and experiences with her, we hope you find this episode useful for yourself, a relative, a friend, or even to reminisce on your own experience because we all had a great time talking about it. And hey, if you would love to get connected or know more about Nani and the things that she's up to, her details are included in the podcast description of this episode. And as always, we want to thank you so much for being a loyal listener and supporter of the show. If you feel led to, it would mean so much if you could support us in one or all three of these ways. Number one, share the podcast with another Filipino mom or honestly, anyone. Number two, post about the podcast through social media and tag at Filipino MomCast. And or number three, leave us an honest five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. The reviews not only remind us that the work we do matters, but more importantly, it allows us the opportunity to reach one more soul that doesn't need to feel alone in the journey simply by your sharing. And by the way, if you need to get a hold of us, you can find our contact information in the podcast description. You can also connect with us through voice message. And if you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and keep your notifications on for upcoming notifications. You all are the best. We know you share the load with us. So please know we acknowledge the work you're doing to flip the script for the benefit of you, your family, our community, and we are incredibly blessed to do this alongside of you. Join me now as we get into season two, episode Six. Also, thank you so much for being on with us. I know, like, we just start talking. No, I love it. I love it. Do. The casual approach <laughs> is so much better for me. I'm not a real life calculated person, so it works mentally yeah. for me to to do that as well. So I like to just jump right in. That's how Jen and I do it too. But I think that my the biggest thing on my mind as of like last night. <laughs> It's like how to prepare mentally for labor and delivery, because I guess it could happen now, realistically, at any minute. So I think I do have to make that kind of switch in my head mentally. And I think I got shaken up yesterday when I got so scared that I was like, oh, this could be it, you know, like, 
it's a little early, but it could happen this early. It could happen any minute now. And how am I going to, I don't typically do well under pressure like that. I, I typically fold under pressure and I get very emotional and I don't think that that will help me. <laughs> so <laughs> just, I guess if I could hear a little bit of your guys's experience, like what uh, the differences were from like your first baby and, you know, being that like scared going into it as like a, someone who had never done it before to like your last baby where you were like, okay, I know how I'm going to go about this. Okay. So I'm trying to think like, that was a long time ago, you guys. I feel like, <laughs> like, who was I at the beginning? Cause my oldest is going to be 20 this year. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. Well, maybe not your first, but remember. You got to be more recent. Yeah. <laughs> let's go. Let not, let's not go Asian. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, had, I had a lot of expectations with my first. I wanted, mm. I'll air quotes, wanted a lot of things, right? Yeah. Like I wanted it to go this way and I wanted it to go this way. And, you know, I, I did, I had a birth plan and then I quickly learned when I was admitted to the hospital, because, you know, you don't get absolutely admitted to the hospital. I think the protocol right now is three, three to four centimeters. I didn't get admitted until I think later, just at about three centimeters. And that made me freak out. And then I didn't want to have medication during that pregnancy. But then the feeling was so overwhelming that I asked for the anesthesiologist to come as soon as he could because it was just a lot for me. And then I slept. And then with my last one, it was a really difficult labor because he wasn't progressing. And we learned later on that I had to have a C-section because he was stuck. So Mm. and and I understand what you're saying. You're very overwhelmed, right? And you just don't know and I mean I pushed so hard to just have a vaginal birth I'm not going to say a regular birth because every birth is a birth because the goal is healthy mom healthy baby yeah Um, because that's really what they want from you at the end of the day but with my last one I cried because I had to end up having a c-section and it was not something I prepared myself for at all mentally Mm. physically anything yeah and I, to, to be quite frank, I felt like a failure as a mom because I had four girls vaginally and then I have this boy and I can't get him out of my body. But I learned that one, he was too big for my body. Yeah. And he was stuck, completely stuck in between my pelvic bone and my hip bone. So it had nothing to do with who I was. And as the doctor said, we know you can have babies that are set uh, that are about seven and a half pounds. You've proven yourself. (laughs) You can't have a baby that's eight and a half pounds. It's not going to work. And I was like, oh, you know, what I learned from that experience was have a general plan, but then also be flexible because that's that's all the doctors told me because I had a midwife. OK, like I was like, I don't need a knack. I don't need a quote unquote doctor. I didn't even have a nurse practitioner. I had a like midwife. She just kind of talked me through everything. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, OK. And then when we were in the <laughs> labor room, I went from my midwife to an OB. And that's how I knew something was wrong. I was like, right. And at that point, isn't your like alarms going off and you're freaking out? And how do you at that point, like calm yourself down? And you know, like, what are you telling yourself in that moment? I was 100% freaking out. I'm thankful for a partner who has a very kind voice and led me through it. I I cried a lot. I mean, I, I still even to this moment, I can feel my body go back there. And I remember the sweetest thing was that the OB was like, tell me what your fears are. 
right? And so we talked through them for maybe 10 minutes. And it was the sweetest thing because she's like, I promise that I will take good care of you and I will take care of good care of your son and then and you will be okay. And I mean, I cried in, in the OR room when they were prepping me. I cried through the entire thing. When you lay there, you can put your face looking at the ceiling or you can look at your partner. And I was looking at Chris the whole time and he just kept saying, just keep looking at me. Everything's going to be great. He's going to be here soon. Chris was very calm. Yeah. Um, and that's just who he is in general. So I'm thankful that he just was like, you're going to be okay. He's going to be okay. And he basically really carried, carried you through that, that yeah. for sure. And it took me a long time to forgive myself for not having a vaginal birth. It took me a yeah. long time because I felt guilty that it wasn't yeah. quote unquote how I wanted it. And, and nobody uh, expects for those things to happen. They, you know, they literally just happen and you have to do that mental like gear shift in a split yeah. second to where you have to be okay with it because you don't have choice. Yeah. But how do they even see, like, did they put a ultrasound at that point? Like, how do they know that? Cause my, my cousin just recently gave, gave birth like a couple weeks ago and she did end up doing it vaginally, but it was really difficult. They didn't know his arm was like wrapped around his neck. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this sounds like a nightmare. I don't know if I'm emotionally strong enough to handle something like that happening, but I have to kind of expect something to go crazy, like haywire. I'm going to tell you, I don't know. Like, and I, yeah. that's, for me, I didn't know either. Yeah. Right? I didn't know. They tried every technique. They laid me on each side and then they had me even like on all fours for a while they had me in so many positions like I was starting to get really mad because I just want to sleep I just want to do what I did before which was sleep and then I wake up and I'm 10 centimeters yeah (laughs) and he's here yeah it didn't happen that way and that's why I was so frustrated but I mean you can ask all those questions that's a really great thing about I, I would say labor delivery we've done Kaiser labor and delivery and for me it was a good experience and I had great nurses and doctors and they were very kind I would I just asked a bunch of questions like why do you feel like I need to do that for me the main reason why we had to do c-section was because every time I started to have a stronger contraction his oxygen level would dip significantly and and the closer he got to coming out it would dip even more so mm-hmm. On top of him being stuck, the cord was around his neck. When I sleep at night now and I toss and I turn from side to side, I'm like, oh God, am I giving it more chances for the cord to wrap around him or something? Like, should I just stand still (laughs) all day long? (laughs) Say, live your life. It's going to be fine. And that's why we we live in a first world country, not in like the province where there's no doctor that can get to us. You know, like we live in a point. Yeah. And I, it'll be okay, Nani. Like, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, Rowan or Lynn, do you want to share what your mindset was prior first baby to now? Like, how for you- me, it, it's really two different versions. Like, I don't know anything that's similar. They were completely different experiences. Yeah, very different. Yeah. But I guess what's helpful for me is I was meditating. Mm-hmm. Visualizing. I was really focused on my self-soothing techniques. But here's the thing. I think what worked for me and see if it's going to work for you is I taught 
what works for me, my own self-soothing techniques to my husband. Because mm. you would forget it when you're there because it's quite an experience. And then especially my second one is what it's called a vaginal birth after C-section. So mm. in general, they don't want me to take any medication if possible because there's a risk for rupture because I already have stitches there. Yeah. Uh, it's possible, but it could slow down the labor if I take any medication and then I might end up in C-section. So it's almost like you went on labor and then ended up in C-section. So usually you don't want that to happen. So I really was very keen on just explaining to my husband, since he would be my spokesperson, that I don't want a lot of people in the room. I'm just that type of person. I don't like to feel rushed. Yeah. And to the nurses don't have to worry about me will call they're just checking they do have a monitor so I like it quiet I just had like quiet music that's just my personality's chill yeah and I'm teaching my husband specific things that he needs to do so that it would help me yeah for instance like my mom keeps asking us if we've taken the Lamaze classes and she keeps asking Cad so do you know what you're supposed to do do you know what you're supposed to do and we're like what are you talking about no no one's told us anything what is he supposed to do (laughs) yeah I guess that's one avenue is you take the Lamaze class because they do teach the partner how to position themselves but we didn't have that like long time ago and yeah my doctor has not brought that up nobody has brought up a Lamaze class I thought that that was just my mom being old and I was like mom nobody does that anymore she's like do you even know what it is I was like no (laughs) yeah I I did that we went okay but so it's just positioning and you know like how it's more like for me the husband or the partner how they can support the partner in labor so if that's something that you foresee cat doing yeah, it might be helpful. So I'm sure if you ask your doctor, they might have some Lamas classes. Yeah. So is that the kind of stuff you were telling your husband, like breathe with me or stand here or like, what do you tell him uh, so, to do so to support that, you? That, but also what things would pretty much piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh yeah. I've, I've enlightened me, him on that. <laughs> yeah. If you tell me that I'm fine, like that, for instance. Yeah. For example, right? Don't you know, say those words. <laughs> yeah, or to say I relax, like, okay, please don't say that. That's just going to piss me off. Yes. <laughs> so kind of like those things, but really other things of like speak slower, speak in a lower tone, make sure, honey, that there's not a lot of people only the nurses that need to check on me. Dim lights, please. Maybe a music, this type of music helps me. And just those types of things. What also was helpful to me, especially after the first, is I think the first time we are all idealistic. What might be helpful, at least for me, is I chose a person that I can like a model, like this person did just the, the regular natural birth that I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. So I have one person. And then also when I feel like there's this is the type of uh, giving birth that 
I hope I don't get. But could be a possibility. Yeah, but I'm also looking for a model person. Like mm-hmm. I like that person so that I can anchor both stories in both that mm-hmm. both are okay. Because if I'm so focused on, oh wow, you know how we have concepts and pictures. This person, she's like a natural-looking mom. Why can't my experience yeah. be like hers? Yeah, like the feel yeah. of like she's so organic, it's like a domesticated diva. You know how we anchor our our the way we like things to be from other people's story. I yeah. look for another person who also had the opposite in that worst story. case scenario. Yeah, but, yeah. but I also have that same kind of like uh, affinity for that person. Right. Different. So it kind of like helped me embrace Justify it as yeah. the changes are happening. That's yeah. good. That's but good. Either, either way, it's like just a different pathway. You get to the same destination. Yeah. 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 So, and likely you'll end up somewhere in between. Yeah. 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 How about you, Lynn? Ruan, I wish that you were my doula. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. So I don't feel like I was as prepared as Rowan was. I did have a birth plan and this was over in Hawaii. So that's when I had the older two. I had just moved to the islands like three months before. And so I got connected with my OB through referral. They would see that I'm pregnant and they would always talk about this guy who basically delivered every baby on the island. (laughs) (laughs) Like I I want him. Yes. And so I looked him up and I was able to get an appointment with him. And I could tell right away why he was preferred on the island, which was actually really cool. We did all the things that they tell you to do as a first time. Like I read the books, I read the articles, I did the massaging, I got myself a yoga ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not use the yoga ball. That was the last thing I wanted. I want to be sitting on anything <laughs> that area needed Just let me be, lay down <laughs> yeah, that area needed no additional pressure <laughs> that's for sure but we did do a Lamaze class because we knew which hospital we were going to be delivering at when I moved to the island I was searching for an experience that would allow me to go as natural as possible but I wanted it to be inside a hospital setting mm-hmm. because I wanted to be able to listen to my body, not be rushed. But in the event that something would go wrong, I wanted to be in a place that was equipped to be able to do that. And so through the hospital, I found out that they had prenatal classes. So they had the Lamaze class, they had some other things. So you might be able to check in with your hospital and see what kind of activities that they have for pregnancy and see if they offer it. And so I remember my husband and I, we went for a four-week program and we went every Wednesday, so once a week. And then they toured us through the hospital so that we could see, okay, this is where labor and delivery is. When you're done delivering, here is where you'll be because they move you from labor and delivery to, what is it? Recovery, something. Recovery, postpartum. And so they show you what that looks like. They give you an idea as to like what everything looks like and what you have available to you. I mean, I'll be honest, when we ended up going there, I didn't remember any of that stuff. Yeah. Like, because that's not exactly what my mind was focused on. I didn't ask the questions. I don't even think I prepped him as to like, don't say this, like what I think I need. But one thing that I really 
wanted to make sure that he did it was I wanted to make sure that he was holding my hand. Mm-hmm. That was that was something that was really important to me is just to have like his hand physical touch physical touch during yeah. labor because I didn't know what to expect. My water ended up breaking at home. Mm-hmm. with my first. So that's how I knew to go to the hospital because if your water breaks, they will keep you at the hospital. But if you're having contractions and you aren't dilated to whatever, they'll like send I think you, you guys home. said, they, they will send you home. Yeah, so, I'm going to try and wait as long as possible before I go to the hospital. I'm like such a sissy when I'm in pain. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Like if you know that already about yourself, like that's totally fine. And that is even more why you can advocate for yourself yeah. because you already know who you are and what you're looking for. Yeah. And so when my water broke, it was like, gosh, like four o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep and I was tossing and turning. So I was like, okay, I think I'm going to go make myself some soup at four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) And he was eight days late. And so I was crying that entire week because everybody was having their babies. It's like when all the celebrities were having their babies, like Britney Spears. Yeah. And I was like, everyone's having their babies me (laughs) (laughs) this baby's gonna be stuck inside me forever (laughs) and I was I was getting tired I was doing all the walking I was eating spicy food I was having the sex they told me to have you know like like it's I was doing all the things because I'm like my body is just tired yeah and so finally my water broke and I was like oh That's what that is when they say, oh, yeah, when your water breaks, like, what the heck is that? Like, what is that going to feel like? What is it going to look like? You know, like all of the things. And then when it happened, I was like, oh, like, and I did that that freak you out. Do you like get nervous or do you get excited? Like. I don't think, I think my emotion was really neutral because I'm more of like this. I don't know what to expect. And when it happened, I was like, oh, so I guess that's what they were talking about. Like I literally, (laughs) I literally said that when my water broke. And then the microwave goes off because now my soup is ready, right? And I'm like, yeah, I don't think I can eat my soup. And so I just remember my stomach, it felt like it had like this really big bubble and then the water came out. So it was this really weird feeling, but I never had my water break with the other two. Yeah, It was only, it was only do it. My second, I was leaking. I was mm. like leaking water. And then with my third one, they had to break it. I think that in terms of like, you know, your body, like whatever questions you feel are important to you is to have those conversations with your fiance ahead of time. Mm -hmm. If you know already, like where you're going to have the baby, like if you've been to the labor and delivery room, if you haven't, you can always schedule a tour. You can schedule a tour. I keep trying to do that, but because of COVID, they're not doing it. They're just doing virtual Luckily, though, I was there for my best friend gave birth almost three years ago now. And so I was there when she gave birth. So I'm pretty familiar with at least the labor and delivery unit. I didn't see where they moved her to for postpartum. Then also, if you will have a private room to yourself. Mm, that would experience. throw me off if I had to have somebody else watching me or listening to me. I'm more of like a private person. Like Roanne said, I just want to be left alone for the most part. 
yeah. as long as I know I'm being monitored. And I, I think I have to think more about those like self-soothing methods that I'm going to use. And I definitely need to use this time now up until it happens to get back into meditating and everything, because I haven't been mm-hmm. doing that as much as I used to. And I think that that will probably help me a lot. But I can't imagine being in a room with somebody else who's also going through their own experience and expressing it however they feel the need to. So when do they decide that? Like, do I ask them now if I'll have a private room or? Yeah, they can tell you right now how many people have been coming in, maybe like closer I would think maybe closer to to it Mm -hmm. there and you can ask them because they can tell you what the like flow of pregnancies has been like, you know, lately and you know what that is. I think at the very end of the day, just trust your body. Your body knows exactly what to do. This will be a moment to let your body do what it's made to do. Yeah. I think it's going to be so not, not, the delivery part but like everything <laughs> everything that comes after it will be worth it, it. it'll <laughs> be it'll be worth it <laughs> oh my gosh they're like so cute like, i'm I know. very excited to meet him i wish i could just fast forward through that part <laughs> and have him here already but yes we're not that advanced yet in our science so i guess i gotta do it just like everybody else did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, would, I think you can ask what their current labor and delivery protocols are and what mm-hmm. they would expect. So then at least you have that mentally for yourself. My assumption is that they're still going to be very cautious that since we're still in a pandemic, figuring oh, yeah. out if you can have visitors, all that stuff. For me, I prefer having visitors at home once Mm -hmm. I'm done settling in. That's how I feel. Obviously, my parents would have to come because they probably have my kids um, (laughs) or my in-laws would come. But friends and family, I really waited. That's what I anyway. And I think that's one of the things you should also vocalize for yourself postpartum is like, Mm -hmm. what do you Expectations. Yeah, because other people will have expectations of what you need to do and you know either you or Kat are gonna have to politely say this is actually what we're doing and that and and that's okay because I I have cousins who love having everybody over once they have the baby and then there's me I need like a week to compress and my body's upset at me and then you can come over that's what we did so I mean yeah about that also just I'm already thinking about that I think I think about that more than I think about how I'm going to get through the hard part is after I need at least like two to three weeks to come back to myself get into a routine learn my baby know my baby and then people can start coming over I think my parents will definitely be the exception and I'm sure I'll appreciate their help because I'll need to like eat and things everyone else gotta wait (laughs) what other questions do you have Nanny? I think most of my other questions were just about being a boy mom I don't really know what to do with boys (laughs) Cat is here so he can obviously do the things like potty training and stuff but even thinking about circumcising him at first I'm just like oh then you gotta clean when you bring him home I would call Lynn I called Lynn when I told her I had a boy and I said, what the hell do I do with the penis? What do I do with this? Like, this <laughs> yeah. is weird. It's just there. Cause Lynn is the boy mom. She's like, she's the person who I ask everything to. So yes, you're not the only person who asks, what do I do with this penis? What do I do with the circumcision? What do I do? Okay, good. <laughs> oh, I like, I still don't know. I don't have one. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. How do I teach you if I don't, if I don't have that? We wanted to have our children circumcised and 
And so what we were taught by the doctors, because we didn't know what to do is, well, I guess first, do you want to know how you take care of a, circum- a, ba- a circumcised no, baby? No, I do because okay. there are like bandages involved that you have to change. And, and then they keep telling me in these prenatal classes not to use soap when you wash your baby. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? How do you know? I can't, I have to use some soap and like <laughs> some lotion or something. And they're like, no, don't do that. Yeah. I don't know the reason. My guess is because it's still, you know, like just came from mom. They need that as part of like their, you know, their recovery. You know, I know that every time that I've delivered, they wipe your baby down with and then they water. I don't even, is it with water? I thought they just wipe it with the towels. <laughs> With a dry towel. <laughs> you know, the white ones with the blue and the red stripe. <laughs> yeah. That's like the receiving they, blanket or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I remember holding one of my sons and I'm like, you really smell like me. Like, oh, I'm like, you, you smell, smell you like smell my like insides. <laughs> <laughs> but so the circumcision, that's something that like the pediatrician or the nurse will be able to help you do. Yeah. But it's not, it's not too bad what it is is kind of just like gauze is what it is it's just gauze kind of like folded in half and it's you know it's kind of long and you just like what I would do is I had a a tub of Vaseline like a tube and then I would just squeeze it onto my finger kind of like a mm, maybe a little bit larger than a pea size and then Mm -hmm. just put it put it on the put it on the tip and then rum it rum it around (laughs) yeah and then put a gauze on top and then just you know put the gauze on top and then I would put another one to kind of like to cover the tip make sure oh this will be good so I would cover it I'm like it's all coming back to me now <laughs> oh my gosh this is such a good tip Lynn taught me this okay go cover it and make sure you point the penis down okay always always point it when you're down. wrapping the diaper you mean anytime you you are covering exposed to it mm-hmm. okay make so they sure don't you pee in your face it. right mm-hmm. okay I mean, it, 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 it probably will still happen because they'll be laying there waiting for you to change them yeah and it'll they still happen go. yeah but at least for the moment you can control <laughs> yeah like as soon as like put the put the top of it like on right away okay <laughs> yeah but yeah that that is that's the tip with boys and then how in the long beginning. does it take for that that to heal like how long do you have to do the the vaseline with the gauze and everything i think that was like a couple of weeks okay if anything it wasn't very long so you have to put the gauze and then when you go to you know change them and in the beginning you change them all the time well that's what i'm saying so then he just pees on the gauze and you Mm -hmm. change it every single every 20 minutes or like well just every time you have a diaper change yes yes this is part of your diaper routine but you'll get really good at it you will you will be a pro at okay. like a circumcised penis after <laughs> you, you get the badge. <laughs> you get the circumcised badge, mom. But so yeah, like it's for so the Vaseline just helps it so it doesn't stick because like mm. so it doesn't and also so like the pee, it doesn't, you know, it can just run off of it. And so what was I gonna where was I going with that? Oh yeah. So in between changes, especially like a few days after so because the skin i'm gonna try to do this just as professionally and mature as possible (laughs) 
because the skin. Nobody taught me this. Look at Marianne's face. <laughs> because the skin is still healing, and because basically, like the shaft of the penis, like I mean, it's together. It's unerected. Yeah. So what you need to do is when you are taking off the gauze and you're going in between diaperings, is you have to make sure to pull the skin away from the head and that's like hurt because isn't that where it's no the certain no the circumcision is around like the tip like not the tip but like the head like the like the edge of the mushroom i don't know (laughs) (laughs) okay that's that's a helpful visual (laughs) right okay so like yeah the rim of the mushroom i don't know (laughs) okay okay i wasn't aware okay Yes. But so, yeah, so that's the part that gets cut. That's the part that will be red. And so essentially what you're trying to do is make sure that the skin of the shaft doesn't get stuck to it because he's wearing a diaper and you're wanting to make sure that, yeah, it just, because it's a raw wound, it will, it could stick. Yeah. And you just have to make sure that you move it. Pull it. Move it. Pull it and put some Vaseline. Yeah. Yes, the Vaseline is what will help it hopefully not stick. Oh my god. So um, my son had to get a recircumcision because his got Oh. Oh, oh. Yeah. Oh. At what how old? He was 18 months old. I probably have a picture somewhere. He's so cute. He's so tiny, like you know, like baby face still. But so what ended up happening oh, with poor baby. I know. Believe me, I, I was I, I felt like the most worst parent ever. One, hi, I don't have boys, so I don't understand the penis situation. Well, see, this is like my fear. <laughs> it's like I don't want to traumatize my baby. <laughs> He's not, he, he will never remember if it makes you feel mm-hmm. any better. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I didn't know all this stuff. I didn't know you had to do the pulling. Like our doctor never told us. See? So now I tell that to yeah. everybody. We went to like the urologist. We did everything because they want you to like, they wanted you to help do micro tears. So to keep pulling it down so it wouldn't stick, but then it ended up sticking. So got a recircumcision, which really is just cutting that tiny part that is adhered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what they ended up doing was suturing the skin down so that it doesn't re-adhere. That's, yeah. that's what we had to do. And I mean, because even when the penis ends up getting erect, it would kind of get stuck because it's connected. Know, yeah. There's no, there's no way it can move. So we had it was something we had to do. Like we literally Oh my god. Yes. I had a lot of mom guilt. That was my other boy mom mom guilt because I was like great i already broke his penis like what <laughs> not even anywhere yet but see nobody told me that and that's why exactly I to- like i didn't know that so oh my gosh i'm so grateful for you guys telling me these things <laughs> honestly because this is what i feel like they should cover in those classes and of course there's no mention of any of this kind of stuff yeah it's just like mm-hmm. oh yeah he'll be circumcised and you'll use a gauze and i'm like okay how you yeah. know yeah lots of vaseline yeah. lots of vaseline lots of vaseline yeah vaseline. yeah get all of it everywhere ask the nurse for more Vaseline. Remember, get all the things from the hospital and ask them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the things because they will give it to you. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Filipino Momcast. Don't forget to subscribe and to share this podcast with others, whether it's through social media, a text, or a quick shh. Hey, have you listened to these ladies? 
It's a small step in getting the conversation started and rippling that change into existence, which you play a huge part of. Thanks so much. We'll catch you on the next episode.